0: Welcome, my friends, to uh, the Rising with Love podcast. And I'm so honored and so blessed to have you with me again on this beautiful, magical journey. But just before we're starting into this episode, let's all just close down our eyes and just invite a deep breath down in your belly. Take it all in and stay for the exhale, letting it go. Doing that just one more time. Deep inhale, down in your belly, filling it up. And exhale. Letting it all go. My friends, I'm beyond excited. I'm really, I can't hold my energy anymore. I am like exploding out of my chest right now in this stage because I am having a really, really special guest with me today. One of my soul tribe friends, Tim, he is a movement coach and has his own beautiful online coaching platform, which is called Smart (laughs) Pith. And I met him last year in Bali. And as you know, I'm really only inviting people into this podcast who truly did inspire me. And I can say from the bottom of my heart that Tim was one of those people just as well, because I learned so much about movement by just following him on his page, but as well by being his neighbor (laughs) and having multiple chats with him. So Tim, hello, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Laura,
1: and hey, everyone else. I'm super excited being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's my pleasure. I'm really happy that I managed to inspire you and I hope we're going to be able to inspire some other listeners today as well.
0: Uh, I'm sure we will and I'm sure that you have a lot to offer and I think as well we were talking about this just before we were starting the podcast, you don't really like your, to call yourself a movement coach. Uh,
1: no, I don't like to call myself uh, and put myself in some brackets um, like a movement coach or physiotherapies or personal trainer because I believe that as soon as I put some title on top of my name, I really limit myself just to certain things what I can do or what I'm able to do but um, movement and everything that we do and I do with my clients is way more um, complex than just you know basic movements or just saying that uh, we are helping people recovering from injuries it's way more than that so uh, that's why uh, I'm also still finding uh myself the right way, discovering um different paths of how to help people how to inspire them, so that's why I like to leave it more open.
0: yeah, and I love that and I'm really been inspired by your by your journey It's because you're just really coming from this pure authentic place of yourself, so you're not coaching out of well, here I am, I have all the knowledge, but you actually have been through that journey yourself and you had suffered on pain no on back point, I think it was.
1: Yes, correct. Um, basically, my journey started um, already when I decided to study physiotherapy. That was the first point where I really wanted to help people. Um, and then it happened in the second year of studying physiotherapy where I started suffering from severe low back pain. Uh, very ironically studying those problems and trying to help others how to heal them while also having the problem on my own, so um, I started searching, researching, uh, testing different things, techniques, visiting numerous different therapies that could help me, and uh, later on, also I start helping others um, through that journey um, and teaching them how they can um, go through those chronic back pains, chronic injuries, um, so. Really my path was going, um, uh, was leading where I started and also um, even nowadays it inspires me because I see that if I'm able to help myself, if I'm able to understand what causes my pain, uh, I can help others as well to understand it a bit better.
0: Do you still have some moments of times where you're suffering on pain in yourself and your body?
1: Yes, I still have the moments, uh, but I would say that I'm on completely different side right now. Because before, if I compare myself um, being 2022, uh, when this happened for the first time, I didn't have any knowledge, I didn't have... Uh, any idea how to help myself, like a lot of people nowadays, I was looking for passive treatments, quick solutions uh, that gave me a uh, solution and relief for maybe a week or two weeks, but after that, the pain was coming back, uh, and i didn 't know how to deal with it, and it was started going on my emotions. I felt more anxious, probably because of that, I felt even more pain, uh, so going through that journey and discovering that uh, back pain low back pain for example is way more complex than just like giving people a certain set of exercises or giving them a magical surgery or magical pill Uh, going through this journey um, really set me with a good base to understand now uh, how my body moves what my body needs and now yes i get a back pain from time to time but I, I know exactly okay it's been because i didn't stand up because i've been in certain position for too long because i didn't listen to my body because i've been treating others and neglecting myself uh, so yeah it it does happen uh, i'm still not completely out there but my awareness is on completely different level right now
0: yeah and i think i love that so much because that's just really a, this authenticity and that's just really the As I said, it's not like you're reading out from a book, but you really are like, okay, like I'm here in my body and I'm feeling, do you believe that our body is connected to our emotions and then that a lot of pain that we're feeling in our physiology is as well connected with that?
1: 100%. It's not, it's not something anymore that I just believe it's something that's been proven. That's been researched. I've been also working a lot in this field. Um, our emotions are definitely uh, connected to uh, our muscles our joints Uh, even the pain on its own it's an emotional response right so how we perceive the pain is going to be different for everyone it's going to be different on your current mental state it's going to be different from your past injuries from your past experiences um, so even by just knowing, uh, for example, what's causing your pain, even by knowing, understanding a bit better uh, mechanism of the pain, which is what, what what I'm trying to do with my brand, with my coaching, uh, giving people not just the solutions, but also awareness and understanding, I think that that's on its own already helping people because... Even if they're experiencing the same pain now they know uh, that that's not something it's not end of the world they're not uh, emotionally um, too um, connected with the pain they don't identify anymore with the pain and it makes a complete difference and besides of that what i would also share uh, on this point is that a lot of people just think that there is a one-way relation right so that We know that when we feel stressed, when we feel uh, emotionally imbalanced, we also notice that in our body we feel stiffnesses around our neck, around our shoulder, uh, maybe lower back, but we don't realize that also our physical body is leading our emotions, so um, that's a good news for everyone who's suffering uh, with back pain or with any stiffnesses, with any chronic pains, because just by going back into your body going back into movement doing certain mobility drills certain stretching you are not just releasing your physical stiffnesses and muscles and joints you're also releasing a lot of mental and emotional tensions that have been stored in those tissues uh, so you probably, as a yoga teacher, experienced that on your own many times when you've been like guiding the class and people were going in certain positions and I witnessed it on my own when people started crying, for example, in the middle of yoga session that's uh, not because the session was emotional but because they were releasing so many things that were stored actually in the physical body so that when it started getting really interesting that you can work from both sides
0: yeah, a hundred percent, I feel like i'm Nowadays integrating that a lot in my yoga classes but just as well in my breathwork classes because breathwork just does exactly the same it really just opens up the entire tension in the body and it's like all the time where we are starting to come in this stress response when we're in that sympathetic nervous system this like oh my god I have to protect myself I have to hide all the time and like animals would do it no an animal when it would come and start to protect itself afterward it will start to shake it off and just get rid of the tension and just make the body loose again and we're not doing that as humans we're just really holding on to that and then just continuing through our day-to-day lives like nothing ever happened and yeah the body keeps the scar but he remembers everything that we're doing I understand. We'll be with you there. So, what would you say is the, the most problems, like the biggest problems that people are having nowadays in their bodies or with their bodies?
1: I would say that everything comes back to awareness. Uh, I would say that people nowadays are not aware enough of their bodies um i could obviously list all sorts of chronic pains that people have nowadays and we have we, we know them from low back pain as i said from any kind of uh, muscle stiffnesses um but eventually if we take out of the equation obviously like acute injuries and pains where someone um, do something and they injure themselves we are not talking about that right now we are talking about the chronic uh problems the chronic pain that people are experiencing on <clears throat> daily basis <coughs> Sorry for that. And um, that comes back to being unaware of your body. That comes back to uh, neglecting the first signal warning signs that your body is giving to you, that the body is signaling. So many times I bet that people are sitting in not the most uh, ideal positions, not the most ideal postures. And our body is very clear by telling us, move change the position, do the stretch, but the problem is that we are so out away from our internal body, we are so focused on external world that we just neglect those signals and we just don't listen to them anymore and you can do that for some time for sure, our body is very good because it's designed to survive, so your body will keep going, but eventually you're gonna start noticing bigger problems. You're gonna start noticing, as I said, uh, frequent injuries. You're gonna start noticing um, maybe that your sleep is not as good as it is was. Uh, maybe you're gonna start noticing that uh, you feel super stiff all the time, even though you're stretching. And a lot of people then think that one hour of workout or a session will do the job and they can. The rest 23 hours of the day they can spend in front of their laptops or screens not thinking about their bodies and they will solve the problem but that's not the case and i I see that that's the biggest problem nowadays and that's the main cause for majority of the chronic problems that people experience Uh, is just not being within our body being somewhere away and only recognizing the problems when it's a bit too late and then everyone wants to get it back everyone wants to uh, get their mobility ability to move back but um, unfortunately me as a physiotherapist i also witnessed many times when it was too late and that's also something i'm trying to preach and inspire people to react and act before that happens
0: yeah that's su- that's super important so what what comes in my mind now if like i'm a person that is really disconnected from their body and i'm just like because it's so easy you now, if you're working in the cooperative world and you're just sitting in front of your laptop, it's we're constantly in the mind because the mind needs to be, we're looking for solutions and there's not a lot of points to feel in the body but what are some key points that are coming before the injury? How can I feel like, okay, like this actually is going to be an issue? What are the first signs that I can notice?
1: I would say basic things that we experience on daily basis, but people just don't realize that they are actually those first signal um, lights, those red lights. And this is usually, it comes in the form of stiffness, um, usually around the neck area, around our uh, upper back, Uh, Some people experiencing also in around elbows, that's very common. Tennis elbow, for example. Um, A lot of people experiencing the lower back, that was also my own case. We know that 8 out of 10 people will experience back pain uh, once in their life, which is a huge number. Um, So I believe that just realizing and thinking more often how your body feels will help you Uh, identify what are those symptoms because it can be different for for everyone right it can also be breath right if we are just paying more more attention and we realize that we are just breathing with our um superficial muscles up there in your in our shoulders all the time again if we are bringing the awareness back to our body we'll notice okay i'm not breathing fully i'm not using my diaphragm i'm not using the full capacity of my lungs yes it will work for for a while but if I don't change that, that's going to lead to tensions, later on that's going to lead to neck pain, later on that can lead to uh, maybe some distal problems, maybe you start feeling radiating pain down the arm, maybe you get carpal syndrome. There are like so many different later on um, symptoms and it can, for everyone, it can uh, manifest in different way, that's why it's super important to spend this time uh, with your body.
0: So how would I start if I'm like now listening to that and like I'm listening to that and I'm like just by listening to you coming in my mind like, oh, gosh, Laura, we got to be more careful about that. because like, yeah, it's, it's insane how interconnected the body is with each other. And like, we're not aware of like something as simple as like really taking deep belly breaths. What a big effect that has on everything as well. We are giving so much space to our organs to just create more energy and work more properly. So where do I start? Where do I start when I'm like, now, I mean, there's so many streaming platforms out there. There's a multiple, you know, there it's like, like an overload on exercise so what would you say is like the right amount of exercise if you say like one hour just doesn't cut it and where do i start like yeah
1: yeah that's a great question Uh, and i believe there is no one right answer i believe it all comes back to um, bringing it back to practice Um, it's we think that those things are completely normal and uh, they will happen automatically, uh, for example, that we will be aware of our breath or that we will move or, you know, stretch. Uh, they are ingrained in our bodies, but the problem is that we've been neglecting that for way too long and now we don't feel an urge, we don't hear the signals anymore. But it was in our body, so we need to bring it back. Now, how you bring it back, again, by intentionally practicing it Uh, that can be uh, in two ways i usually teach or or trying to explain that to my clients first way is your practice your movement practice so everyone should have their movement practice i don't like to put any movement practice as uh, the one that's um better than the other i think everyone should choose their own movement practice and find what suits them either that's dancing doing yoga doing calisthenics doing weights And just raising the awareness while you're doing this practice, right? So instead of being on your phone when you're like in the gym, being more connected within your body, yoga is a great practice that really preaches that because it focuses a lot on the breathing, it focuses a lot on your internal feelings and it's a great combination and bridge between mind and body and that's what I really like um, yoga and that's also why I practice and and preach yoga to many of my clients. so it comes back to all those practices and finding the, finding the right practice for you for this exact period of your life. And then it comes to other, as we said, 23 hours, right? What we do and with this, there is no simple solution because as we said, we are spending so much, so much time focusing on enter- external things like phones, computers, social medias that are grabbing our attention all the time. So you need to be the one who's proactively giving the attention to your body no one's going to tell you okay stop now leave all the tasks leave the social media and focus on your breath no you need to tell yourself now you can have some triggers right you can have a trigger that every time you pick up the phone from your pocket you become aware of where your body is or maybe every time you open the laptop screen how am i sitting in what positions are my shoulders where is my hat and People go wrong because they say, oh yeah, I reminded myself and I I went to a good posture but then five minutes later I, I started sitting like that again, like a potato. It's, it's not about that. It's like, again, reminding yourself. The more you're going to remind yourself, the more it's going to become part of you, right? So it, it works like a practice and I really enjoy witnessing this transition with my clients and everyone uh, that I teach and, and coach uh, from the point... That movement was completely out of their lifestyle. It was like they live sedentary lifestyle, nine to five, spending tens of hours on computers, not moving at all, to the point where they actually crave movement. It's amazing to witness that process, and I'm really deeply inspired to to now just have a few clients in uh, on my mind while speaking about that, uh, because as I said, our body has that urge to move inside of us already. So. If you manage to get through the first parts where you need to push yourself, remind yourself by setting the reminders, by having the triggers, after a while, if you set the environment right, for example, I have a pull-up bar at home between my doorframe, every time I'm going to pass the pull-up bar, I'm going to be like, oh, I I feel like hanging a bit because my body is craving to stretch, to decompress. So you really need to understand also that environment shapes your reality and, and, and who you are.
0: Is there like a time frame that you would give someone that begins with anything that you're saying, like maybe just start with a half an hour? Because I know a lot of people as well, when I'm starting to talk about yoga, they really have this inner resistance when they hear like, oh, God, I need to move like an hour or like, you know, I need to move five times a week. Like that's just so much.
1: Again, I think it all comes back to individual, um, where they are currently. Um, if I'm talking to someone who, as I said, for example, my client that I have in my mind, never been moving, never been doing any practice, never been to the gym, uh, like, Couch potato, as people like to call them, I don't like to call them like that, but you know what I mean, Um, with with him, I definitely didn't go uh, to do three sessions a week and do everyday mobility, like that would be way too much, so you need to find what's the right step for you, and for him, that was implementing, uh, I think we implemented three uh, mobility sessions a week, I think they were 20 minutes long, and that was his first step. We also increased on his non-training days uh, activity levels by, you know, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, by uh, going for a long walks. So increasing the activity levels on non-training days, and then uh, he did uh, intentional mobility uh, session that I gave him for 20 minutes three times a week, and that was the beginning now he is having three strength training sessions a week for an hour and on non-training days he is doing daily maintenance as I like to call it a 10 to 15 minutes mobility routine that's just neutralized the negative effects of sitting and he is 100% consistent with it and he he changed his lifestyle but as I said if I would give that to him straight away he would probably say uh, thank you team uh, or he would maybe be on the program for two weeks and then he would go away and he would never come back. And that's, that's really sad because so many people had the wrong first experience with the movement or with exercise. Uh, and because of that, they, they avoid it and they, they never come back to it. Or maybe it takes a long time that they come back to it.
0: And I love that because I say that as well, always um, when I have clients that it it isn't about like having this like super heavy gym workout every single day, but it's just about keeping your body moving. And if that's like a one and a half hour walk in nature, then that already is so much that you can do for yourself. And most of the people just even forget that like just walking actually is a really great exercise for the body as well and gives
1: you so much. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And also one thing that I would like to add to this is that going back to awareness, it's not always going to be the same um, kind of practice. Not the the right practice is always um, at the right uh, period of time. Let me explain. So if... For example, I'm right now in the period of my life where uh, the work is super stressful and on top of that, I'm having problems with my uh, wife and my kids are all over the place. Um, Maybe going to train CrossFit four times a week is not going to be the best idea because my nervous system is already like fart. It's already in the red zone. So (laughs) by going to do those very intense, heavy sessions, I'm going to push way too hard and I'm I'm, <clears throat> it's going to happen, potential injury, I might burn out, my sleep is going to get worse and everything is going to collapse and again, you're going to get to the point where you're going to say, thank you, I <clears throat> I'm not the person who is going to be active, I'm not, um, you know, this type and people then start believing different things that are not true uh, but if you understand that something is better than nothing, then you're like, okay, now I had a really heavy day, I worked for 12 hours. It just happened to me like on Monday when I had a really long day with my client check-ins and I had a training session planned to to do on Monday Um, but after 12 hours of sitting, of uh, being in the same position, I felt super stiff and um, yeah, I could go to the gym, I could push myself and tell myself I'm gonna do the session because I have to, I'm strong but I know that first of all, I wouldn't enjoy it. I would not do the movements in the correct way. I would potentially injure myself and um, I would start conceiving training as something that's not enjoyable, something that's super hard, that's super, that you need to suffer to do it. So instead of that, I went up the terrace and I rolled my mat out and I started doing some basic movements, some really easy mobility drills and I did 30 minutes of that, I did a bit of uh, hanging, a bit of pull-ups and I felt amazing after 30 minutes and that was the right amount for, for this time. So that's also what I'm trying to uh, give to people, that they understand that you're not always gonna have exactly the same re- regime because our life is not linear, it works in seasons and the same your movement practice is gonna change.
0: That's so right now and it's like I think as well always comes back down to the nervous system and I really believe that the way how we've been preached nowadays is really like always focusing on the looks like how do I look do I still look in shape and what like we're having this pressure in the back of our minds of like I need to do that because otherwise I'm going to lose my figure and I'm going to look like this but it really loses this connection of, but how do I feel in my body, you know, and is it really about the looks or is it that my body is healthy, that my body feels good, that I am enjoying the movement that I'm doing. And I loved when you were saying that about the nervous system, because so many people, they believe like when they had like a really hard and stressful day that they need to go in the gym and do those heavy workouts or they need to go on a sprint and on a run and not understanding that with that, they really don't calm their nervous system down, but they're mm-hmm. just like constantly keeping their nervous system up instead of like coming to those gentle movements and being honest and being like, maybe like some yin yoga, or as you said, just some easy mobility drills is really what's going to help me to come in my parasympathetic nervous system. And with that brings me in my relaxed state of mind and actually helps my muscles as well to build because they're not constantly under stress and I'm not constantly under stress and I'm not coming in that point where I'm actually causing sickness, not just like physically in the muscles, but as well like you know, just in general, like it's so much we're really weakening the immune system with that as well
1: hundred percent, I agree with you, Laura and yeah, I think that um, the problem of that is that people also don't have a well established reason why they train uh, you know they just I, I like that you brought up this also visual aspects of training and um, I don't have anything against that that people want to train because they want to look good but the problem becomes when they are solely relying on the visual aspects of training uh, because that's the point where you start pushing your body when your body should rest and that's the point where you know, you don't give your body um, sufficient time, you don't listen to your body and the f- The interesting part is that you actually don't progress as fast as you would progress if you would give your body rest on those days, right? So uh, that's super important. Again, <laughs> it comes back to listening to your body, understanding what is the best thing to do at this exact moment.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful and so powerful because I really feel like that's getting so misinterpreted and just misunderstood as well. So if I, if you, if you would go like, what would be the EDL mix? I know it's coming really down to individual, but it's just, I see a lot of people in the gym that are just doing strength practice and they completely forget flexibility, like not even want to talk about mobility. So if you would say, and then there's no ideal as that, like everyone needs to find their own, but What do you think should be included in every training plan, just on a regular basis that people maybe do forget or just think it's not so important?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to speak now for, let's imagine, like, average Joe, you know, like, every average um, human who is working 9 to 5, you know, who is not having, like, any goals to maybe run a marathon or any particular goals to... Be in a comp- competition of weightlifting because that would be a completely different uh, plan, right? So we are talking about the average person who is just trying to uh, stay fit, trying to be able to uh, move well, not having pain, or chronic injuries. Uh, someone who is just trying to be fit for life, as I w- as I like to call that. Uh, so with with this is definitely uh, also the the spectrum of clients that I love to work with. Um, and usually, what I suggest, obviously, it comes back to their availability so uh, again it's not the same for everyone but if they have time and if they're ready if they're already at this stage where I can uh, recognize that they're ready um, to sustain this frequency I would suggest two to three strength training sessions a week Um, and within those strength training sessions I always give my clients a proper warm-up routine and this warm-up It's usually consisted of multiple mobility drills uh, that prepares your body for a training session because you know, if you spend eight hours in this position on the computer and then you go straight away to weightlifting, uh, again, it's not ideal, right? You need to prep your body and your mind to be ready for the session. So, warm up super important. Uh, spend ten, fifteen minutes doing uh, warm up drills. If someone wants to know exactly what are those warm up drills, they feel free to check my SmartFit account. There, there is a post that I made that you can actually steal my warm up routine and and just apply it and then it comes back to training as well what type of training you're doing Um, if you want to stay fit for life and mobile and pain-free there are some principles that i also follow with training Uh, for example um, training through full ranges of motion uh, you know that you're really using the full capacity of your joints that's uh, many times uh, it's missing Uh, Another thing is also training in multiple planes of motion, not just training like squats always with the barbell in one plane, but maybe you can add some split squats or Cossack squats that are in different planes of motion. Um, And yeah, also then it comes back to um, how you recover, right? So uh, if we see, okay, training sessions are there to give our body stimulus, Uh, but we need to realize also that um, they're causing damage and stress on our muscle fibers and on our joints so recovery is then super important. Uh, Within the recovery I never suggest to completely rest and to like not do anything because that's not the best recovery but I always say active recovery is the best one. What that means, so on non-training days what I suggest to my clients and what I also put on their training programs is uh, called daily maintenance practice. It's basically 10 to 15 minute uh, mobility routine that's there to neutralize all the negative effects of the position that we are placing our bodies in for most of the days. Most people spending in either sitting or standing and that's causing some stress and uh, problems on our joints and muscles. So um, having whatever kind of routine you have but have maybe 10 minutes a day where you spend just stretching doing basic stretches and again if you don't know what those stretches are feel free to check uh, also that you're going to find so I would say besides of that if you get up to this point you already like um, probably more than 90% over the average uh, people what they're doing Uh, but if you really want to be like okay now I really want to have movement as part of my lifestyle I would say you know just think about how you can move also outside of those sessions right so think about if you can commute by walking instead of driving or think about if you can work in different position than sitting maybe you can set up yourself a standing desk or maybe you can uh work on the floor you know we we also lost the contact with the floor a lot uh so you know, just think as soon as you're going to give your brain this question of how can I move in a different ways, you're, you're going to get answers and you're going to start doing things like, as I said, hanging, just going in a deep squat position. And you're not going to take that as like movement practice, but it's just going to become part of your life. And that's when it's really beautiful. Then you can then sustain that rhythm.
0: Ah, Yeah. And it's like, you can integrate that in your day-to-day life. I think like for me, it's really starting to come. We're having here in the community a lot of kitchen cleanups, you know, and it's just realizing like that you start to stand in a squat when you're actually on the dishes because it's just healthier for your back or when you squat down and you bring the dishes into the into the dishwasher, you're not leaning over, but you're really going down in a squat with your knees and just like integrating those small movements. And especially when we're coming house cleaning. Cleaning your house can be like an entire workout on itself if you really start yes. to move. And it's like those small things that we just completely forgot that those are all invitations to uh, yeah, integrate more movement. Awesome
1: yes i i always say that you know how is what you do in the gym helping you outside of the gym that's always the question i i have on my mind when i'm designing training plans when i'm also training on my own you know is that movement going to be beneficial for me in my day-to-day life and if the answer is no or not really even if you know it may be that i just want to get ready for like really versatile environment but if there is no no um application of this movement it's like why why would i do it you know why would i do it
0: tim i feel like we're going really really nice here i have one uh, one other question which i'm sure people are going to be uh, super interested in and it's part of that as well if it comes down to nu- nutrition what do i need to be aware of if like i mean like Exercise is one part, but like nutrition is probably the other side, which still goes hand in hand with it, because I can imagine like the digestive system as well is going to give us energy or going to take energy away and probably plays a role in your mobility as well. We all know that if we eat really heavy junk food, we're just feeling more like couch potato and not really wanting to stand up and move. What's your advice here? Hmm.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so that's whole other spectrum. That's super, super important, and uh, you nailed it perfectly. Like the nutrition is gonna define how much are you getting from your movement practice. You know, it's like fueling your body. Uh, it's it's basically uh, the energy source. Uh, it, it 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 from the food. It depends how we are feeling, how energetic, or how, mo- how motivated we are even feeling to work out. Uh, so it's it one doesn't go without another. So also nutrition is a big part that uh, I'm trying to um, <clears throat> help my clients improve. But uh, with nutrition is um, a bit trickier, I would say, than with training because with training you can give someone, <clears throat> you know, it, there is a plan. You're a beginner. You need to start there. You need to do this program. You need to follow it. You're gonna get those results. I I already kind of know like what exactly they need to do. But with nutrition, because it's so ingrained in our past habits and emotions and environment and the people that we are associating the food with, it's way harder and you really need to listen to where someone is and what are their struggles, what are their current problems. Uh, before you start giving them suggestions. Because I can tell you exactly what to eat and most people know what they should eat. They should eat less processed food. They should eat more proteins. uh, You know, they should watch out that their portions are not too big. Uh, We all know that. But, you know, like then I give them that information and then we meet on another call and I ask them, did you do that? No, Uh, you know, I had a busy uh, work week, I couldn't prepare my meals, Uh, my kids got sick, Uh, you know, so it's all, or I was traveling around, you know, it's all sorts of like different factors that are really affecting your nutrition, so... um, Again, I would say, and I'm repeating myself, but it's really coming back to being more aware of uh, like what you're eating currently um, and how is the food supporting you. Uh, don't f- don't focus on <laughs> how you feel when you're consuming food. Focus on how you're feeling 30 minutes afterwards. And your body, again, is going to give you a great feedback. It's going to give you either the feedback that you are uh, going into food coma and that you cannot like do anything or it's gonna give you a feeling okay now i feel fueled i feel i feel that i'm full i'm feeling satisfied but i still have enough energy that i can work i'm not completely dead after i'm having this meal and the more you're gonna pay attention of how different foods make you feel the more you're going to know what's right for you. Because also we come back to, you know, these um, different diets and different approaches and many times clients asking me is like better to be vegetarian or you do intermittent fasting or like all sorts of things. And it's really not, there is no right answer. I I, I have to say that, you know, for every individual, it's going to be different. But I always encourage my clients to try to test and to see how it makes them feel. Um, And that's going to be the answer.
0: Our intuitive eating, you know, I that's what I really found. Like society nowadays really kind of almost conditioned us to come in this emotional eating stage. And I feel like it's so beautiful when you're what you're saying. Like the more you start to become aware of your body, and I noticed that by myself, I really start to see when I feel like tense. That's the moment where I start to go like, oh, maybe I'm gonna go and buy myself some chocolate, or I'm gonna have some chips, and then I'm just eating there and sitting and really having this connection afterwards of how do I feel after I ate that like just most of the times you really will feel yucky in your body and it's not saying that you should never eat that again because sometimes it can be can be quite nice and there are occasions where fatty food can actually help you get some fast energy if it's necessary but again it's like just making the balance and just our body is so intelligent on itself but I found that as well, for example, my grandma. And I noticed that the other day, you know, when I was back in Germany and I, I finished my plate and she literally said for me, oh yeah, great job, Laura, so good. You finished your plate, you know? And it was like in my mind made like click and I was like, wow I've got trained my entire life that I did a good job (laughs) when I eat the entire plate you know without listening to my body but just like that's a good job (laughs) that's what you you know so
1: that's right
0: it's it's rewarding (laughs) and not not coming back to this real feeling and it's like what I found for myself as well, like really this checking in of like, am I full right now? Or am I just continue to eat? Because I have this vision in my mind of my plate needs to be empty <laughs> and I can't let leftovers because then other people do not have something to eat. And like, we're starting to come in this entire guilt trip. So I really feel like emotions as well are playing a really big role in it.
1: Yes, agreed. I think that, you know, just being aware of what triggers um, your desire to eat, it's a really good start. You know, is, is that coming from some sadness? Is that coming from being bored? Is that coming from associating uh, fatty food with the friend that we've been always eating fatty food? You know, what's the trigger behind it? And it's, you know, the, the food is then just like the... Um, The plaster that you put on the wound you know it's not solving uh, that and uh, I think that your work comes more into place with like healing the emotions and like healing your past traumas but I think it definitely comes uh, and and plays a huge part but um, what I do with my clients is also just like that they examine it and also maybe even write them down uh, the emotional state that they're in when they're going for not the most ideal food option right where where they are currently because if you are not aware of that if you just like you you feel an urge to grab a cookie and then you eat a whole box of cookies and then you just feel guilt you know like you you skip that first part you skip the trigger you, you forgot that there was a whole like emotional state that led to that decision and to led to this feeling of blame uh, so if you can catch yourself before that, and even if you, after that, still take the cookies, you know, at least you cut yourself and maybe write it down, like, how did you feel? And if, if for example, if that's the stress, I have a lot of clients that um, have a problem with emotional stress eating, you know, they have busy jobs and that just gives them like a pleasure, a uh, feeling of comfort after a long work day then it's you i can give them like the best meal templates and and the best ideas but if we're not going to work on releasing the stress like working on uh coping with stress mechanisms then like everything's going to be without uh without the effect all the tips all the advice that i can give them all the diets um they're not going to work they first need to find different coping mechanism uh to relieve the stress
0: yeah that's fair how is your diet now nowadays looking what are you eating
1: <laughs> uh, I recently started with intermittent fasting uh, after um, playing with this idea for a long time it was hard because for me breakfast was like the best part of the day I, I was always like also raised in that way that the breakfast is you know like it gives you the energy you need to get the power for a day it's the most important meal of the day so um I knew already I met a lot of people or also here in Bali, a lot of like even fasting coaches that really dedicated their life and, and worked deep into fasting and why is it good. Uh, so the more I listened to that, the more I felt inspired. I also listened to a lot of other podcasts about that and then at some point the desire was just way stronger uh than uh, this urge to have like a big strong breakfast and now i'm just trying it without like trying to achieve anything without uh knowing how long i'm going to do it i'm just testing it out but for now it's um it's it's working really well i really like it and um uh, I think it it can work for some people, it can not work for others, you know, again, um, but uh, that's where I'm currently um, testing some new principles.
0: As well, since I think two years is it now, and it's like, really, like, yeah, I wouldn't want to change it back anymore, because I really realized that it's like, yeah, it gives me way more energy and my body does not need so much food as it as it did before. It's really empowering for myself
1: it is and you don't have to change many other things you know like that's the good thing about it if you okay uh, like if you're eating a lot of junk food then it you're not gonna get all the benefits of it Uh but if you're eating like an average diet you know like you don't have to change anything what you eat you're just like changing the window of eating and the window of fasting um, and I believe it's uh, it comes back to our primal days, you know, when we also didn't have like the food available 24-7 and the comfort uh, of ordering food and getting it delivered in 20 minutes. We had to work for it and uh, I like this idea. I really like this idea and I think that you get rewarded by maybe uh, being without food for a bit uh, with all the benefits from clarity to physiological effects to whatever you're after. People are doing that for different reasons i'm not doing it to lose weight or anything i'm clearly doing it because of the health uh, benefits that it's bringing yeah
0: because your body basically is cleaning itself it comes back to taking all the resources that were hidden in the stomach and just like digesting that even more and cleaning the, the stomach as well last question i have because i feel like we're coming to an end. what would you say is the best time for someone to have a meal before they train Well, when is the best time in general to train? I know it's like individual-based, but would you say definitely on empty stomach? There's so much out there as well who say like eat a banana before or an apple or a small snack. So what's your recommendation?
1: It's like... You already mentioned it and I have to say it again that it's uh, based on individual, right? Like how you... Uh, like your eating pattern. Uh, if, uh, for example, you know, you um, have a busy work day and you work 9 to 5 and um, then you need to squeeze in the training session, you know, it's going to be different than for every, for someone who is having their whole day available and they can like really adapt the eating to their training. Um, so... Uh, like practically what I suggest my clients are very, um very obvious things. So don't eat an hour before the training session. Uh, because usually it makes you feel clumsy and not, yeah, <laughs> full like within your uh, body and not uh, feeling also energetic because the majority of the blood and energy goes into the digestion. So I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, so at least one hour before the session, I wouldn't recommend eating. Um, training on the fasted state. It's really different for everyone. Some people really can work, uh, well on the fasted state. Um, some people cannot. Uh, now, for me, for example, it doesn't work. I, I would feel super dizzy. I tried it before. Uh, I almost fainted. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, I could do mobility. I could do some light activities. I could go for a long walks. Uh, but I, cannot do any strength, strength or weightlifting uh, because it's it just like I think it takes too much um, energy and I don't have this energy in my body but what I then suggest if clients are having the same kind of symptoms that they feel that you know they they want to train in the morning for example because that's when they feel the most powerful that's when they feel the most energized and you know they need to start super early like training at seven or six and they cannot eat that early so um, what i'd suggest to those people is really having something simple some simple sugars uh, and that's really Um, now coming back to what you said right that not every food is like always bad in some scenario it can be like some simple sugar even like a protein bar or the chocolate bar like before the session it's not gonna like be super bad because you want some really simple sugars to uh, get into your bloodstream uh, to not make your belly heavy but still give your muscles and brain enough energy so that you can execute a good training session beautiful (laughs)
0: thank you so much tim i really got a lot out of that by just listening to you and like having this this exchange with you
1: yeah it's beautiful that also we managed to speak about that you know i love those relationships when it's not you know we can like we work but basically we just chat you know about the things that we do and uh, like exchanging the practices like uh, I love seeing different point views also uh, you have so much knowledge to, to share you know and it's always beautiful to have a conversation with you because it's really like you said it's an exchange of ideas and we, we all benefit and now if we record it I hope there is also anyone else who's going to listen benefit or at least got one idea uh, from this podcast
0: I'm so sure about that. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Tim, and for sharing your beautiful knowledge. So, for all of those who were like now inspired by it, you can check him out on Instagram under Smart Pit. <laughs> and. Yeah, check him out. Like, I I always steal some training ideas from him. I as well started a lot of hanging since I follow him.
1: (laughs) Yes. You know, I always say if there is, like, one thing that you implement, it's enough. Because maybe one thing is going to lead to another thing and then the momentum is going to start. So... I try to give all sorts of ideas but um, it's not my um, goal to overwhelm people but you know everyone is different so maybe you took hanging maybe someone else is going to take something else and uh, it's my pleasure seeing them like people implementing those ideas into their life, it's my biggest satisfaction and uh, my reward. So uh, also thank you for for doing this podcast and inviting me here because I have a chance also to share my uh, my ideas and my philosophy with your listeners. And um, yeah, hopefully I can also connect uh, with them.
0: Thank you, my friends, for being here with us today. And just to close this podcast up once more, I invite everyone to just... Close their eyes. There was a lot of information raining on us today. So just for this end, once more, take a deep breath down in your belly. fill it fully up. Let it go with a sigh. (sighs) Doing that one more time all together. Deep breath in. Being aware of your body posture, as we learned right now, And once more, let it go with a sigh. And I see you soon or hear you even sooner. Have a beautiful day, night or morning, whatever time it is as you. Namaste. (laughs)